What up, what up, what up? You're now tuning into another episode of the Intellectual Property Podcast. I am your host, Dallas Alexis. Thank you for joining me. We are doing another session of our Women's History Month series, and I'm joined by the beautiful, talented Mugga. Mugga's in the building. <laughs> Hi. What up, Mugga? How are you? What up? That's I'm all good. Brooklyn. What up? <laughs> what up? What up? What up? Brooklyn's yes. in the building. And um, Mugga's from Brooklyn, y'all. Yes, I am. BK's in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having a very, very uh, interesting conversation. About me being from the real original Brooklyn, uh, like before it became famous <laughs> and popular and they had $7 cups of coffee. I'm you from know that what Brooklyn. <laughs> $7 cups of coffee and um and mayonnaise uh, shops were like where you just go and just eat different yeah. flavors of uh Mayo. Mayo okay, and, 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 and sip tea. Mm, on Nostrand Avenue, right? Yeah, that's the new Brooklyn. <laughs> it's all good. I enjoy yeah. some of it. I partake in some of it. Just the, 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 you know, we talked about what the issues are. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the new Brooklyn has its pros and its cons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a product of the old Brooklyn, but I'm, I'm also uh, uh, taking advantage in, 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 of the new Brooklyn, like some of the cool stuff that the new Brooklyn brings. Absolutely. You know, but... um. Yeah, but the I like a fresh croissant in the morning. I like a fresh croissant. Yeah, that's all right. Too. I mean, I like to actually walk through certain neighborhoods I couldn't walk through as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you used to have to run through them. Yeah, right? and go, oh shoot, yo, this is what this neighborhood looks yeah, like. Now you, I can walk through this joint. Now you can walk through it. Now you can't afford to live there, but yeah. yeah. Let's jump right into it. Who is Mugga? Who is Mugga? I can tell you my statistics. I'm not even sure who I am. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> it out. But as you said, I am from Brooklyn, born in Bed-Stuy, raised in Bushwick, lived all over the place, East New York, Crown Heights. It's really my home. Uh, I wouldn't change that for the world. And, uh, yeah, comedian, stand-up comedian for over half my life. I won't tell you how many years that was. And actress. My my love, my passions Mm -hmm. are in the arts and always have been. What came first? Uh, Comedy? Mm. Or or did the acting come first, or did kind of like did they mesh? You, I mean, like, how, how did that work? I love this question. I don't get it often. People don't realize that I was an actress first. Mm. Always will be, and always have been. And it got sort of swept up when I was dared into doing comedy because somebody said I was funny. Now I was quiet and shy, but people around me, my friends, family members. They knew I had a sense of humor. So mm-hmm. a friend dared me into doing comedy at the Uptown Comedy Club. And I don't know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. And the rest, as they say, is history. So it started. I started out in Harlem, at the Uptown Comedy Club. So now, like, I like to, um, like, for me, so, like, what inspired me, like, to to kind of jump into being a creative mm-hmm. was Spike Lee watching uh, She's Gotta Have and, 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 and watching School Days and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like something just, it just triggered something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, aside from the dare, was it, was it a moment? Like, was it something that you watched? Was it someone that you seen? Like, was it like, did your parents put you in the arts programs and after school? Like, like, like what was that moment for you? Well, I don't think it can be summed up in one moment, but I mean, I was born in a time when there weren't very many African-American people on television, but the ones that were mesmerized me like us black people in the TV. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> she's beautiful and he's funny and smart. Yeah. And I'm watching. I'm like, wow, I want to do that. And I like to tell the stories. I like to be a part of storytelling. I've always been 
interested in that with regards to the arts. My parents didn't necessarily put me Mm -hmm. in the arts. When I was younger, I danced. And I just, I don't even remember when I caught the acting bug, but just watching television and seeing people who looked like me on television, that kind of sparked it. You know. Now, like, when you, uh, did you ever think, like, you'd make a a career out of that, like, at such a young age? No. You didn't really know? No, because when I was younger, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I don't know why, but I I was into fashion. And, mm-hmm. But the acting thing never left me. I was like, this is, this, I'm passionate about this, and it's always been there. So I veered from the designing into Actor. Yeah. Well, I skipped over a little bit because we talked early about working in the film industry and oh, television. Man. I used to work for a commercial production company and I was a PA. What was the name of it? Uh, <laughs> CNC Films, a long time ago, CNC a husband okay. and wife team. Okay. And we were in the village on Spring Street. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a husband and wife team. And Again, they were African-American people, so I was inspired by that. I was like, wow, yeah. we're owning companies. And this was like almost 20 years ago. And this is rare. Very, very rare. Yeah. Yeah. So they had an ad agency wing as well. And at that particular time, I started as a receptionist. And they were actually casting for a dark and lovely voiceover commercial. And one of the producers was like, you want to audition for this? We like how you sound when you answer the phone. So that, got that sultry voice and that yeah. When I <laughs> okay, <laughs> the quiet but storm yeah, so they're mother. like, yeah, I got into voiceover work mm-hmm. that way. So I was like, okay, this is a way in, and um, you know, my comedy life started years before that. I was a part of the Deaf Comedy Jam. I want to talk about that too. Like, I want to go back to yeah, that so. to that dare. But go ahead. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I want to go back to that. So, <laughs> so it was interesting. I, I I brought up the comp the stand up element because as I did Deaf Comedy Jam and BT's Comic View, I was able to get into the union. So by the time I was introduced to voiceover work, I was already a an after union member. So that helped, you know, mm-hmm. helped me out in terms of being unionized and moving forward in my yeah. career with that legitimately. Mm-hmm. Now. We're going to get to that because we're going to talk about PAM. We're going to talk about the entry into the TV and film business. But the dare to get up on stage at the Uptown Comedy Club, like you was just there hanging out. I wasn't even there. This is I used to work years ago, the first body shop in in America in the village. We were talking about that on Broadway and Mm -hmm. 8th Street. And a comedian was one of our customers, Will Silvents. What up, Will? I know Will. They, yeah, Will cool started dude. this whole thing. Yeah. We go way, Haitian way back. Haitian Will. Haitian yes, cool. yes. Why you, why you, why you? Why, 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 why? Yes. Yeah. So he would come in and I'd help him pick out his products or whatever. And he's like, you're funny. You should, you should come to the Uptown Comedy Club and check it out. He's like, I'm a comedian. And I came and watched him a few times. He was like, you should give it a try. And it was kind of like a darish, you should, why not? He kind of tricked me into it and I did it and... Yeah, the rest, as they wow. say, is history. How did that first performance go? This what is the it? thing. And I think part of it, okay, I'm not going to say I'm not funny and I wasn't good, but my first night of stand-up comedy at the Uptown Comedy Club was on Super Bowl Sunday. So it was a packed audience, but it was mostly women. Get here. <laughs> and it, I got a standing ovation. Wow. And you had to go through this process of 
passing through like week after week, every Sunday night for three Sundays. So three Sundays in a row. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) And it, and mind you, I learned soon after all the shows weren't going to go that way. So you start, you know, you start to realize like, Hey, everybody's not going to laugh all the time. How do I work my way out of this? And 20 something years later, you wasn't, um, you weren't, um, were you dealing with hecklers? Oh yeah. Yeah. And and being a New York comedian, I mean, you deal with hecklers everywhere. But I'd like to say I came up in, I came up through the school of heckling hard knocks. You you, it's New York, Harlem, no yeah. joke. The Apollo is down the street. Yeah. You are going to have to contend with hecklers. But I I was raised with some of the hardest hitting comedians out there now. As one of the few women, I was with Tracy Morgan, Mike Epps. Wow. I was, you know, these were guys I came up with. So. Yeah. You got to learn to be hard. Talent, you gotta, talent definitely. De- Rob Stapleton, oh, Rob I mentioned is Will. Too. Rob is awesome. Capone, Capone, everybody. I was yeah. this. We grew up together. Smokey, and there, in there too. Smoke. Smoke I was Smoke. just with Smoke a couple okay. of couple of nights ago. Yeah, okay. I actually hosted a comedy show at the Apollo for the Women of the World Festival nice. on Thursday. It was an all female show, so Smokey came out to that. I remember going to uh, the Boston Comedy Club. I was there. Over there in the village, right? I was there. And um, Talent and Will used to uh, host every every Sunday. Sunday. Every Sunday to the point where they had to add two more shows because the the lines were around the corner. It was wild. It was wild and it was wonderful because I don't think we'll ever see that again. And I'm so happy to have been a part of that comedy, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, urban comedy exploded. And that was a part, that place was a part of the explosion. I remember that. It was like the hottest. I it. Loved was it. Su- Sunday nights, if I'm correct. Sunday nights. Yes, Sunday and nights. I remember seeing Mike Epps there for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't, I mean, this is before Friday. This is like, I don't even know who the guy was. Right. And he came out, like, he was he was toasted. Mm-hmm. He came out, just toasted. But then, I think that was kind of his, his part of his stick. Like, he yeah. came out and, like, he just ain't care. He was just, like, people were heckling. He was... Just, just giving it right back to them. Mm-hmm. Like he killed. I was like, oh, yo, you know, this dude came out here toasted, but he was, I got it. Like I got what he was doing. Yeah. And he yeah. killed. And then like years down the line, I'm like, oh, that, that's yeah. Mike Epps. That's the dude from the Boston Comedy mm-hmm. Club. And um, I had this conversation about like what happened to like um that era of comedy. Like every single night in the city, like there was a happening, popping comedy several comedy clubs to go to like i think nels used to have something yeah we did comedy um, everywhere la barbet comics nels, com- everywhere comedy yeah. clubs and just clubs we did yeah. a lot of after work comedy too yeah. what happened to that era? I mean, the I time that the times have changed and yeah. the prices of things have gone up yeah. considerably i mean you know when i came up a comedian would walk into a club You'd automatically get a drink and or some food and the club was packed and everybody came to see and hear the show it was because it was kind of a new thing. It was yeah. an explosion at the time. It was. It and was. again, you know, clubs cost money. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, rent out or or pay for whatever, you know, use it in space or what have you. And I just think people got priced out mm. and comedy comedians now are. I don't want to diss anybody, but a dime a dozen. Every other person's a, a comedian com- now. Yeah. The the industry is flooded. You just have to weed out, you yeah. know, those who are serious and of quality and those who are just trying to get on. Yeah, get on. Yeah. yeah. Remember a spot called, I think it was the Remy Remy Cafe? It was in Metro Tech, like in right in back of Metro Tech, like okay. downtown. 
There was like like Ray Dijon used to host something in. Okay, it was kind of funny. I worked with Ray a lot. I don't yeah. remember the names of the rooms because yeah. we turned we yeah. turned a lot of places into comedy yeah. rooms. <laughs> we turned, like okay, there's four walls. Get a mic. Yeah, <laughs> we, let's do it. We're here. Let's do yeah. it because people were that passionate. And we had a lot of support. Everywhere you know, was the stage, too. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Mogo. Mm-hmm. I asked um, Haitian V this. Oh, no, Haitian V, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Haitian V is cool to have him, have, have him on the show. And um, and we were talking about um, comedian comedians that that do stand-up, that kill stand-up, that um, really kind of like craftsmen of the stage, and they do their thing, opposed to like the new era of social media comedians mm-hmm. like guys that just get on and like do the skits and they might do a couple of jokes and and those guys are getting booked yeah they're making a lot of money a lot of money like they're yeah. getting walked through they're getting booked but then they they're not craftsmen they get on the stage and they try yeah. to re like redo a skit they try to reinvent a skit so i kind of asked them like what was his take on that we had a like pretty cool conversation on um comedian comedians versus social media comedians mm-hmm. i mean like what do you think about that well you know i think I think people create their own lanes, especially now. Like when I came up, there was the one lane. This is where we are. Either you survive this or not. Now with social media, I mean, you can put up any, anybody can put up, put out a show or put up some stand up and say that they're a comedian or put out some skits or what have you. I don't necessarily want to dog them because again, it's about lanes. They're creating these lanes. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you try and transition into being a comedian, live and on stage and in front of people and you have to be consistent and you have to write and create on your own Mm -hmm. and you can't i'm not saying they all can't but when you can't there's egg on your face and you you i don't think you necessarily earned a spot the 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 right to be there yeah we had to pay dues very differently when i came up and i wouldn't change it for the world a lot of not getting paid a lot of hustling and traveling and not being respected, especially women. We were really Absolutely, getting the, yeah. the, the low end. We were on the low end of everything in general. Mm-hmm. Just happy to be there, trying to make your bones, trying to prove yourself. So, you know, when I see certain things, I'm like, okay, that person is able to make people laugh. They have moments where they're funny. But you cannot compare that to someone who's been in the trenches mm-hmm. for 10, 15, 20 years taking on a lot because you learn as a comedian in real situations, yeah. not just standing in your kitchen doing a skit about about drinks or hair or what have you. That might be funny how high right then, yeah. but do you have the longevity and the creativity to say that I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm a creator or I'm just a funny kid and I got lucky? Yeah. I think it it requires a, a, a special skill set to, to get on the stage, uh, take command of a room, and flow through your routine and kill it and deal with hecklers and kind of like just it's 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 like almost organized chaos right Mm -hmm. um i want to ask you like from the time you had that that dare and when you went on stage um i'm sure you were like whoa like there's some things that i needed to learn Mm -hmm. i know you're natural but like how did you sharpen your skills to the point to where you like i got this like i know i'm a you stay on stage and keep okay. doing it and don't only do it when it looks like it's going to be fun or comfortable. You challenge yourself. Like, yeah, I've, I've been in situations where I was ready. I've read the room. And then the microphone will go out. Fifteen years ago, it might have made me nervous and like, I can't perform. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't even bother me. Let's go. I speak loudly. Y'all listen. 
Let's do it. And he, okay, I've been at a show where the lights, we lost power recently and we performed by candlelight. Wow. In Connecticut. We had flashlights until they got the generator. You have to keep going. You challenge yourself. It's not easy. And I appreciate the not easy. And I know that I'm in, this, in a very different place than I was, of course, at the beginning of my career from experience, okay. the things you've experienced, the discomforts, but how you work your way through the discomfort and still be professional, mm-hmm. be creative and remain interesting and always learning, always gotcha. learning. I'm gotcha. still learning. Yeah, we all are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm still a student of yeah. life. You should be. Definitely. Till it's over. There's Absolutely. always something more to learn. Till it's over, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how you become a master, right? Like you gotta constantly learn, 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 learn. Mm-hmm. Do a little teaching. Yeah. Do some learning, do well, some they teaching. Say ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours. Yeah. How many hours do you think you're at right now? Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure because again, I I'm not only a stand-up comedian, I'm an you're actress 10, as well. No so like I'm, going, I'm going to give myself a little more than 10,000, yeah. I think. Yeah. Gotcha. When I look at my age, I'm like, you have got to be past 10,000. you way past 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Mug, before I transition out of comedy, um, some advice for some young, young, and up, um, young and up-and-coming comedians. Just don't be afraid to get past what you think is funny and enough. You know what I'm saying? You have to push past, okay, everybody liked me. I had a good night. I got some good skits. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep writing. Continue Mm -hmm. to create. And always push yourself through those moments of discomfort Mm -hmm. because there's something rewarding on the other side. I'm still, I still deal with that now. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that, but I know, I know myself and I know this business enough to say I can get to get past or through these situations to get to better. You mm-hmm. become more confident yeah. once you know how to navigate the discomforts and the, the sometimes ugliness of this business. You know how to navigate. Don't throw in the towel. I don't tell people I don't give up because I've given up several times. Gotcha. People are like, you keep going, you keep going. I always come back. Gotcha. <laughs> I, always, yeah. I might give up tomorrow and be like, yeah. okay, Friday I'm back again. It's in your blood. It's in the blood. It's, it's in my blood. DNA now. Yeah, I can't leave DNA. it. I can't leave it. Now, like a lot of the um, kind of like a lot of the the politics of the business or a lot of the, the, the craziness of the business, does it come from more um, the behind the scenes stuff like dealing with promoters, other comedians, or is it kind of like dealing with the stuff out on the stage? I mean, stuff out on the stage, you can handle mm-hmm. that, like working the stage, working the road. It's more of like like the back of the scenes stuff, right? Like Mostly. I'd stuff. say it's a combination. I mean, we all have to work with different personalities no no matter what our profession is. You you, you deal with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, everybody's not getting long and happy-go-lucky or whatever. I, I try to be Switzerland wherever I go. Look, this, we got to do what we have to do. I'm not getting into anybody's personal stuff. I treat everybody the same. But, I mean, a lot of the drama has always been on the production end, and I find now more than ever it's about greed. A lot of the issues are about greed. You know, the promoters a lot of times act like they're the artists. They're making more than the artists. And it's like this is this is a hustle. Mm-hmm. You don't respect the craft. This is a hustle for you. And I've seen it worsen over the years for whatever reasons. Yeah. Things have tied into like, you know, people just. Um, Social media plays a part. Technology absolutely. plays a part too. Yeah. Absolutely. And people just trying to get as much as they can in the moment. Yeah. Financially. Nobody. You know, I'm not saying nobody, but a lot of people do not put the craft and respect of the artist first. Gotcha. And it's about making a dollar, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. How was um two things in the in the movie? How was that uh experience working on Comic View? It was fun. I I did Comic View three times. I did once in 
New Orleans, once in Atlanta, and the first time was in L.A. Apollo. Mm-hmm. Hosting the Apollo. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience. How was that? Well, this particular show uh, was part of the Wild Comedy Festival, or the Wild Festival, Women of the World, mm-hmm. I did a couple of years ago. And uh, it's wonderful. I mean, it's not just a, a female audience. It's a mixed audience. But doing the show is, is awesome. There's actually a, a, there's another entity of the Apollo because we're not in the theater space. They have like a club cafe space upstairs. Do they? And they turn, yes, it's That's a performance no. space. It's been there a few years now. They have all kinds of shows and concerts and Get the Apollo Cafe. Yeah, you got to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Excellent, excellent. But yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm not, you know, after having done this for so many years, I transitioned into doing more hosting, okay. which I love as well. It's a different, it's the same, but different, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just all been great and wonderful. And Bob Sumner, who was one of the producers and the, uh, procured the comedy for Deaf Comedy Jam, mm-hmm. he produces the comedy show once a month there. He also nice. does the Laugh Mob. You know, you, um, you've seen this work. Yeah. Yeah. How was life <laughs> on the road, like, uh, you know, touring and, 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 like, performing on the road um, as a woman in a... In a um, <laughs> you already know what I want to ask. You already know what I'm like, like, how's that? I'll be mean, like, how do you deal with it? How's the experience? I mean, how do you navigate that? You already know. You know what? Honestly, like in, in recent years, I haven't been a road comic. I haven't done it a lot in okay. recent years. But when I was younger, I was on the road a lot. And mm-hmm. again, you know, there weren't very many women. So lots of times when you're on tour, it's a bunch of guys and one woman. Mm-hmm. And... For the most part, I was okay. I mean, I've had situations where, you know, somebody tried to stick their tongue down my throat a couple of times. I'm like, but (laughs) it it caught me off guard because when I looked at my career, everybody, every male working with me was a big brother to me. Yeah. And they didn't see it that way. You know, certain people. I'm not going to name any names. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've heard disrespectful things. I've, I've been approached. I've been... Not mistreated because I I also believe that I, I give off a certain air. Like most people, especially men, mm. know not to say or do certain things to yeah. me and yeah. around me. I mean, I, I I set up a red line. Yeah, you know, and for the most part, it's been it's been respected. It's been cool. Yeah, uh, but there uh, there have been guys who've gone too far and said the wrong thing and and tried to do the wrong thing, but yeah. I never felt in danger. Okay. Like a get get out of my face, don't play with me kind of thing. That was that was pretty much enough. But yeah, yeah I can't imagine what a lot of the young ladies go through now. Right now yeah. You know, because it's yeah. it's hard and it's a it's so much more of a hustle to get a little bit now. You mm-hmm. got to hustle so hard to get a little bit. Yeah. And then if you're attractive or if you you're sexy or if you express yourself as you know as your femininity, people take advantage of it or think that it's okay to cross lines more. And mm-hmm. you know, I honestly feel bad. Badly sometimes for young ladies, but I think for the most part, it's a really strong generation of, of female comics. Yeah. Not just comedically thing, strong, yeah. but they'll kick your behind strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you feel about like um like the new wave of like the, you know the Tiffany Haddishes, the um, Jessa Larises, and the Jesse Wu? I mean, how do you feel about like the new crop of girls that are doing their thing? I mean, I I respect and I say do your thing. I I I I'm a root. I root for other women. I may not like everybody's style of comedy but 
there's room and there's space Absolutely. for everybody. And you create your lane. And those women have created their lane. Absolutely. And a lot of people have things to say about it or whatever. But those women, for the most part, have put in their time and have Absolutely. done their work, especially Tiffany. Tiffany's not new. I don't yeah. know her personally, but she's been in the trenches yeah. and grinding. I've worked with Jess before. Jess mm-hmm. is funny. She's relatively new, but I find her to be funny. Yes, and she she's, she's doing her thing. And yeah. I try to keep a lot of, you know, everything is in judgment that we do overall, especially women. And then being a woman, a black woman, I won't say of color. I know what color I am. Mm-hmm. You know, being a black woman, the expectations of us to not get along and, and, and promote and root for each other is just so commonplace. I'm like, that's never been my style. Yeah. There's room for everybody. There is. And we can't feed into, um, there's a sort of like uh, attempt to kind of program us in, mm-hmm. in, in, into doing that. Yeah, I don't play that. I never can't did. Do that. You, I, yeah. I never did. I yeah, know what's at stake. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know what's yeah, yeah. at stake since yeah, I was yeah, very yeah. young. I'm like, no, nah, that's not, yeah. it's not a good look for us. Yeah. So I'm not even going to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's enough room and, and money and, and, and eyes. And I don't think for, people for, believe for that. Everybody to, to, yeah. to eat and, and, yeah. and be successful. Yeah. yeah. And now we're in a time and place where you can, you can create so much more. There's so many avenues Absolutely. now for your art to be displayed. You take advantage oh, of it. Yeah. A million television channels, YouTube. There's places for you to yeah. express your art yeah. fully and completely without having to dog each other out for Absolutely. the one spot Absolutely. you know and talk each other down to get in the one the one place you know the yeah. things i've seen people do especially in stand-up mm-hmm. just to make 50 or 75 bucks to each other i'm like wow yeah it's not worth it it's not you need not to go it, get yeah. a job if that's the case i thought that was your <laughs> friend like yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. see like that's what um one of the things i love about modern day technology and social media is like you can create your own lane, you could create your own your own families. You kind of create and control your own intellectual property. Absolutely, and Without value having, it, and value yeah. it, and, and 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 cultivate it, monetize it, share it, and um, not having to go that route. Like, well, you got to tell the people down because you got to just create your own and focus on your own. And, and I mean, you still got to collaborate and, and and network and do your thing, of course. Right. But then having to tear people down and kind of build you up. I mean, like, we're not even at that place right now. No. But, but like, people still do it. Yeah, they do, because some people have have that in their personality. Yeah. They just happen to be creative people, but a lot of people have things in their personality where when it looks like something is going to be pressure filled. They can't take it. Let me, gotcha. let me. I can't take. Let me, let me find the easy way yeah. out. How can I get mine? How can I hustle over here to, to get what I need? You right. know, f that person or what have you. And mm-hmm. it's sad and it's shameful it's and embarrassing. But I also feel like I've had an advantage, mm-hmm. also being an actress because I wasn't starving. I've had a lot of broke times, but my family's here, so I've always like when things got bad. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I could get help or I would have a commercial running. I'd have a voiceover running. So there would be residuals checked. So mm-hmm. I would not have to think about mistreating a person for a hundred dollar gig to so, pay yeah. my bills or whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't do that anyway. I'd find yeah. another way, yeah. but just not having to get to that level of desperation, Yeah, you know, cause I see a lot of that. And some comedians and artists do other things, but for the most part, that's all a lot of folks that I came up with have. Mm-hmm. Is stand up. That's all they got. That's all they got. So they try to protective as like a, a defense right, mechanism. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. it's day to day to day. You mm-hmm. got to show today, nothing tomorrow. You got to make sure you get something the next. And it's constant, seven yeah. days a week. People are literally That's paying their eat. bills, and we don't we don't yeah. have a union. We don't have a credit union to go to. We don't have any kind of comedian union. There's no health benefits. There's mm-hmm. no retirement plan. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. You know. So that gets scary the older you get too. Yeah. 
So yeah. I thank God that I've done other things and I've been, you You've know, yeah, I've, I'm grateful yeah. to have been a part of a union and, and yeah. you know, I don't have a lot, a lot, but I have something. I have, something, yeah. yeah, something yeah. to say, you know, when it, when I get old enough, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll get something from this part of my life. You got options. Um, options, yes. And you, got op- and you also smart enough to kind of have um, contingency plans. Absolutely. As far as like you were thinking uh, long term, you were thinking forward. I don't think I was at the time. I don't honestly don't think so I was. Consciously, you probably were. I mean, because that's. I mean, because you're good. Thank you. Right I appreciate yeah. it. But I never knew. You know, I I didn't understand or realize. Like when you're struggling, especially in in the acting business, it's a heavy, hard, mm-hmm. constant struggle too. Let's talk about. I had freedom. Yeah, because there's a freedom in just being able to pick up a microphone and go on stage. But trying to convince people that you're good enough to be in their film mm-hmm. you're pretty enough you're skinny enough you're tall enough you're this enough you're that enough mm-hmm. that's 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 troubling to the mind sometimes <laughs> let's let's talk about the acting let's get into um uh the, the, the films the tv you know what's so funny about like before we get into that like i think like this business especially like the film business tv business um i think people like to work with people they like Mm-hmm. Or like people they quote unquote fuck with. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times like people will take a, a shot or a chance on people that are just absolutely horrendous at what they do, but they're great people, right? Great personality, great all energy, the time. Mm-hmm. and people are like you know what? I'd rather be around this person, and I'll hire this person, or I'll get this person to work on my project because they're a dope individual, mm-hmm. attitude wise, energy wise, but they're a liability on yeah. the set, and they're horrible. Opposed to somebody that's a straight genius at what they do, but they're a jerk. Mm, there's a lot of that too. It's a lot of that, like, a, yeah. and then, and then you fall with people that is, you know, fall somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. that are kind of like they're all right, they're cool, but they're really, you know, good at what they do, and like, you know, those people kind of like, you know, navigate through the business as well. But um, let's talk about acting, 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 uh, transitioning out of. You never transition out of no. comedy. Um. Mm-hmm. But jumping into something new, mm-hmm. um, trying something new out, acting like how did you uh, get your first? Um, how did the acting bug um, come about? And like, let's talk about your first uh, um, transition into acting from comedy. Well, again, there was no transition because I was an actress first. It's just that the successes came through comedy first. The work, yeah. I was on television telling jokes before I was on television. You know, yeah. So before acting. But um, opportunities arose because of comedy. You know, people would see me. And I believe when I got my first quote unquote big shot from Lee Daniels, it was a small role in a big film. And Precious, that's, just, about Precious? Yeah, that's so funny. The chicken. Ten years. It's like I, I posted singing. something yesterday about that. I'm like, I'm just at a point in my life where I accepted <laughs> that I will always be known as the lady Precious stole the chicken, chicken from. from. Yeah. No matter what I do. Now, my, my IMDb page is growing. My resume is growing. Like, I did this, that, that, and this. You are the chicken lady from Precious. And you know, when you put your name in, Morgan, like, like those screenshots come up. Yeah. Like, those snap, yeah, it comes out. It's out there. Like, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an iconic It's not scene. a bad thing. It's, it's just, it was thing. such yeah. a mean thing. I was like, I have to curse her out, too. This movie is dark already, and she's going through dark. enough. Let the girl have the chicken. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but that that happened for me, and I had an expectation of, the phone to ring more and more After just that. because of that. And it didn't. Was that your first big, big role? That's my first big role. Yeah. And I moved to L.A. 
after that and um that's a whole nother experience la is a mm-hmm. whole nother monster i mean trying to hustle through comedy and get an agent out there and you know use that and it didn't work out the way i wanted it to mm-hmm. or expected it to and that's what i'm saying the one the one big thing is never enough you have to keep going and keep on pushing and keep hustling yeah I, you can't rest on your laurels because as much as I'm I'm famous for that role, mm-hmm. that was ten years ago. Those those checks wow. have been That's long. Sti- it was yes, two thousand nine. I didn't even realize until something popped up. I was like, wait a minute, that was ten years ago. Yeah, you know. And I soon after moved back from L.A. to New York, mm-hmm. and then things started to pick up for me here. I'm like, okay, this I can get a film or TV show from here. Mm-hmm. If they want me in L.A., they'll send for me, you mm-hmm. know. And in that 10 years, the entire business has, has changed. Everything yeah. has changed. Now we can audition on film and, and send it out, mail it to L.A. You know, yeah. you, know you don't have yeah. to be in a building anymore to audition for films and television. And there's so much more of it now. Yeah. And I think after Precious, the next big thing for me was Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black, uh, yes. The recurring role. So, again, a small but recurring role on a huge yeah. show. But I wasn't Laverne Cox. <laughs> Shout out to Laverne. Yeah, She's wonderful. But yeah. I got an interesting story about Laverne. Mm-hmm. Um, coffee shop. Mm. I used to go to the coffee shop. Like, you know, like we'd hang out, you know, nightlife in New York. Mm-hmm. And then coffee shop was like one of the most, um, not one of the most, but like one of the few places that stayed open. Isn't it going now too? It's gone. It's gone too. It's yeah. I'm sorry about, yeah. No, that happened no, it's too. Fine. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like a New York staple, right? Like mm-hmm. a New York landmark. And like, it was one of the few places that would stay open to like, Six, seven, and more. Like, I think twenty-four hours. Yeah. And guess who used to be the hostess, bubbliest person in there? And you walk in, and she would be right there. And, and wow, I didn't know Laverne that. Cox. I didn't know that. And and when Orange is the New Black, and I was like, Yeah, you remember the hostess it. from the coffee shop? That's dope. I never knew. Always that. had like kind of like this very energetic it's a beautiful personality and yeah. she's a dancer too for life and yeah. it's like i don't know if you watched the show but there yeah, was a scene yeah. we shot and Love me and my show. crew me and my crew jumped her in the in the salon that she ran on the show i remember that and it was so funny to me because did um, y'all cut her hair huh in that scene like somebody got the haircut right um i, I remember the fight i don't remember the haircut but i remember the fight oh, yeah, did they yeah, cut yeah. her hair I'm then they threw sure. her in solitary. Yeah, she got that. in. She got in trouble. She got in trouble. For she that, got yeah. in trouble, yeah. and she didn't. She didn't do anything to initiate that. That yeah. was that was me and my crew, which yeah. I will yeah. always find comical because as much as I say I'm I'm from Brooklyn, I'm the most nonviolent person <laughs> ever. And in between takes, like she's really tall, and I'm not. Yeah. yeah. But I like slammed her up against up against a wall, and one time I heard her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And her shoulder, because other women were fighting with her as well. Yeah. But we slammed, and she hurt her shoulder. And I was just apologizing profusely. She was like, don't worry about it. We're, we're just working. We're good, you didn't yeah. do it. I was like, yeah, but I don't even really fight. Like, I'm in here. <laughs> we're slamming you around. But she was just wonderful. And uh-huh. it's okay, sweetie. And really good person. I, I was I all experience working on that show. Awesome. Lots yeah. of women on mm-hmm. on the set running things. I love that. I mean, in front of the camera, behind the camera. We've mm-hmm. had we had several different directors. Each episode is usually directed different by a different person, yeah. but lots of women. The showrunner, Gigi Cohen, the creator, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Gingy. And um Yeah, just Did you the, audition for that? Uh I this is funny. That's I was like, yo, Morgan, you No no no, I auditioned. Shit, come nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'd never watched the show and I got called in for an audition 
which I didn't get. But before that, I had friends on the show. And one of my friends is a stunt coordinator, a mm-hmm. woman. And I was hustling. I couldn't find any work. I was broke. I was like, I try to get on as a stunt person. And she's like, okay, let's, let's, you know, get this resume up, even though you're not a stunt person, I'm help you out. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. Couldn't get on. Frustrated. Then I finally got an audition for a part that I didn't get. And I forgot about it. I was like, okay, I never watched the show anyway. My friend like, you would be great on the show. I'm like, yeah, I auditioned for it, but I didn't get it. A couple of months later, auditioned for another role and I got it. And I was glad I never got called in to do stunt work because I would never have gotten an audition to be on the show. And then the first part I auditioned for, it was for a quick in and out character. So my character, you know, when I finally got on, I was able to land something that was recurring. Yeah. And I got a name. Dope. So that's that's dope. I was like, okay, I think I've got six, uh, maybe six or seven episodes out of it. And I got an award. Season three or four, right? It was... it, three, four, and three, five, and six, three, or three, and four, six. and six, and seven. I did four seasons. Yeah. Were you part of, um, like, the riot stuff? You were put, like, you were, like, in there with the riots? I was in, <laughs> in there with the riots, yeah. I, I, was in, I, was in, I was in the riots a couple of, a couple oh, of days. Yeah. I did some craziness yeah. in the riots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, lots of lots of violence, lots of on camera violence. You did your thing in that, like I love that show. Thank you, love, thank love you. It. I wish I was still there or there more, but I appreciate what Are I did. Are you coming back there. for the new season? No, this this is the final season. The final seven is the final that's season. It. Yeah, for real. That's it. They're wrapping up. So I know lots of women who were able to get in there and Do they you know get some. Yeah. Hold on. So that means Tasty going to. Going to jail? Like she's she's. Ending. I have no idea. Why are I mean, you asking the, me? Because the way it ended, <laughs> they found her guilty for doing mm-hmm. starting that riot. In the, okay, knows? that's a whole nother. Who knows? So no, you nother. got really into it. Wait a minute. What do you know? Yeah, I'm like it can't end like that. I've not been on in the last season or two, gotcha, so I don't gotcha. I don't know. So but good, yeah, so but yeah, this is it. This is their final season. There. What you did you think in that? Um, Thank you, and I'm I'm grateful. Like I said, it, it's yeah. building my resume up. I've met some mm-hmm. great people, and just the experience. You know, to, mm-hmm. again, not to keep beating a dead horse, but I'm. It's Women's History Month, so I shall to see women in control Absolutely. and running things like that. Love I love it. Yeah. it. I love it. Nice experience. I want to talk about something that, um, that I actually watched you in. Months ago, and I actually went back and rewatched it a few days ago. Uh, the first purge. <laughs> <laughs> Some more of my violence. So such the a first violent purge. You was at, you know, especially <laughs> at the end, like and at, like the project scene. Yeah, like, Dolores. You, you was in there wilding. Good old Dolores. Because when I see you in the church, I was like, oh, okay, she seems like the voice of reason. She seems like she's going to be the calming thing in this and then you turned up in the end because they were coming to kill us the nazis were coming like what are you doing a situation like that i couldn't be i couldn't be um (laughs) i couldn't be all zen and everything people had to go down people had to go down you actually held it together at the end like i think like you were kind of like the um the uh the unifying motherly force exactly Mm, yes at the end like you was looking over the balcony you was like that's the militia like yeah that ain't no yeah. Because at that point I think there was a there was a transition in in not necessarily in my character, but in my thinking with regards to what was happening. Mm-hmm. These people are coming to kill us. This is an, this is an extermination attempt, like Absolutely. totally. Yeah. I mean the purge itself was was a questionable thing to happen in the first place. But to see these Nazis coming mm-hmm. in the hood, like, okay, 
you know they're not coming to talk to you. We yeah. got to pull out all the stops and do whatever. They're coming to exterminate. Yeah, and yeah. do whatever. So once again, my my nonviolent Brooklyn yeah. self, I had to kill a Nazi, but I <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was just comical to me that after the dope. fact because it's like, wow, I'm really stabbing this dude. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, not really, but <laughs> you, funny thing is you. You stabbed them on some oranges and uh, black shit. Like you kind of went ham with the. I was shanking them. I think I was. I had a flashback. Yeah, shanking yeah, 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 a yeah, quick yeah, shanks. Yeah, yeah, quick yeah. shanking them. Mm. Now that was dope. How did um? How did that come about? How did the first person come about? Um. So I got the audition through a casting director who would cast me in Power. I have a little recurring role in Power mm-hmm. as a. Excuse me, U.S. Marshal. Okay. Yeah, you didn't see that. Yeah. Gotta go back and see I, that. I gotta go me see arresting it. Tommy yeah. and doing all oh, kinds of yeah. Go then me and ghosts yeah. and the in the in the cell and Charlie Murphy and yeah. Some quick yeah, yeah, some qu- quick things. But yeah, I was in there for a couple of seasons. I gotta go check that out. And um, but the hair was different, right? It was braided, same dreadlocks. I just yeah. braided it okay. or what have you. Yeah, but it was it was me. And um, <laughs> looking at the same, same, back. same big face and big smile. But, <laughs> yeah. So the casting director who casted me in uh, Power called me in mm-hmm. for it. She was casting The Purge, and um, the description of the character, I'm like, well, this is not me. It's an older woman. I mean, physically older, yeah. heavy set, um, motherly. I'm still motherly. That's just my way. I don't have children, but I'm just very mm-hmm. attentive yeah. to everybody, make sure everybody's okay. And I went in the audition with all kinds of actresses that I know. They were all African-American women, but uh, tall, short, older, you know, voluptuous, long hair, short. I'm like, everybody's in here for this this role. Every body type, every, every shade. Every, every shade. I was yeah. like, okay, so they don't know exactly what they want. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. And, um, I went in, did the audition. I feel pretty good about it. A few days later, got a, not even a few days later, a few weeks later, I forgot about it. I'm like, okay, I didn't get that. We get the call back. Sorry. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Got a call back. I go to the call back, and the, the numbers of women are narrowed down, but still we look like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like they're still not sure exactly what they want. So on this audition, on the call back, sorry, the director – and one of the producers are in the room. And shout out to Gerard. <laughs> Gerard um, McMurray. He was also one of the producers okay. of Fruitvale Station. So he's oh, got, dope. yeah, he's dope. got a, yeah, he's down with that whole. He a brother? Yes, he is. Right, so what's up? Yes. So, <laughs> um, so we're auditioning and he keeps telling me to do it over in different ways. And I almost got frustrated. I was like, okay, well, this guy must not like me. He keeps telling me to do different things. Was the director Not, in the callbacks or just the producer? The director. The director okay. and the producer, okay. Sebastian. Shout out to Sebastian, one of the producers mm-hmm. from Bloomhouse. So I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm not regular nervous because I'm like, okay, this is the director and producer. But he would walk up on me and whisper things into in my ear on how to change it. He's like, okay, I want this. I want that. Now do this. Okay, now do that. I'm thinking I'm not giving this dude what he wants. Why am I in here so long? What's going on? Not realizing afterwards, after I got the call, again, it was weeks later, I got the job, what have you. I was listening to him and I was doing everything he said. He wanted to know that he could direct me. Mm. He said he wanted this woman to be a certain way, to remind him of his his aunts and his mothers, but to also have a a level of, of 
uh, humor. You wanted to, he wanted some humor. This character turned out to be a Which comic release. Yeah. Humorous, but not a caricature. Uh, down to earth, Afrocentric, blah, 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 blah. Not Afrocentric. I don't like that word, but Afro-conscious. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it, it, it worked out and, and we hit. But when I got to the set, we shot up in Buffalo and on Staten Island. Okay. And when I got to Buffalo, yeah, I wore my Buffalo hoodie today. Nice. I swear it's from the. I didn't go to the school. <laughs> no, I didn't go to school there, no, nice. but yeah. But um, he called me to his trailer when we first got to the set, and he was like, "You know, welcome aboard. Good to see you." I was like, "Oh God, I hope this ain't no me too shit. <laughs> None Yo, of that." You know, so like, funny. oh no. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> not no, me. Mother, not cause you me, started. <laughs> you know, so funny. You started. That little story by saying he invited me to his trailer. Yeah, because like, I'm still I'm a, I'm a comedian, <laughs> but I'm a woman in my head. I'm like, oh man, am he I about to get me too? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, wonderful, yeah. and he just let me know to to go for it. He said, in terms of how it was written, yeah, I didn't necessarily have to follow the dialogue. He said, you can you can write go whatever book you want, and you do can do thing. what you want to do. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's freedom. Yeah, yeah. There was was there a lot of rehearsing? No, very minimal rehearsing, right? Minimal, minimal films. You don't, you don't. You're supposed you to kind of like know your lines. You, you do know, some blocking rehearsals yep, and then yep. you just go. That's it. That's it. Wow. I mean, because there was like a lot of stunts in there, like a lot of stunts, a lot yeah, of guns. and like... Yeah, the guys, especially like Elon. Yeah. Elon Noel. He had to do a lot. Like we, I, everybody's calling him that now, but I from, was like, um, he's the new, from Insecure. From Insecure, yeah. Like, he yeah played, he the played new Wesley Issa's, Snipes. Yeah, he played Issa's uh, One dude. of Issa's many conquests. Yeah, let me yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but he's, he's awesome and dope, but he was like... A real life action figure. He was going through it, but he yeah. was really muscular and yeah. just going through walls and windows and downstairs, and mm-hmm. it was a lot. And it was freezing. There I'm was buffalo, time yeah. we had to work outdoors, and people had on tank tops or no mm-hmm. tops at all. And yeah. It was really deep. Was Was Derek Simmons one of the stunt coordinators on there? I don't remember don't okay. because I I did all my own three stunts, so I didn't. <laughs> I don't remember who the coordinator was, but I didn't. I didn't have a lot to do with regards to stunts, but okay. yeah. So very, very little to no rehearsal at all. Mm-hmm. Just day of know your lines, yeah, a little it. bit of blocking rehearsal. That's it. How did you prep for that role, or was it just kind of like yo? I kind of get where they're going. I kind of relate to this character. I'm going to just go. I'm going to just do my thing. Oh, or was okay. there any prep for you? I mean, there's there's always prep when you... I'm I'm trained. I'm a trained actress. Mm-hmm. I'm also... I'm not trying to be funny or anything. There are elements of my my life and my work where I'm, I'm a natural. But Absolutely. I had sense enough to know that I needed training and technique. So there are things that I, you know, would do in terms of... Uh, I wouldn't call it rehearsal or practice, but character... Character, character building. I developed okay. the character okay. and fully flush out a history for this woman. Mm-hmm. It's made up, yeah. But fully pages and pages of who she is, where she came from, what her house looks like, what it smells like, how old she is. You know, I would just write this whole character bio and then implement that into into the actual work and the character. And certain parts of that woman are are me as well. I mean. Oh, I'm not violent or anything, but I'm I'm very loving and protective. Yeah, so I, I need see to that. go into that that mode. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see mm-hmm. that. And that was dope. And especially like at the end, he's like, "Get out the way, you got a hero coming through." Like you was kind of like funny. leading. That's hilarious. I don't know if I could say this on here. When we shot, when they shot that scene, yeah, the final scene when everyone walks out of the building, mm-hmm. I didn't come out of the building. 
but I wasn't dead. So while we were doing it, I'm like, well, how am I not leaving the building? Everybody in the movie saw that I didn't die. We had to do reshoots on Staten Island so that I... For, con- for, for continuity me, issues for, for you. For me, yeah. people were like in the test audience. He said, they were like, well, where's Dolores? Yeah. Where's Dolores? So we had to do a whole nother shoot. Yeah. Like people would have flipped if you ain't walk out at the end like, yo, what happened? I'm not not trying to toot my own horn, but yeah, when I got to the set, the producers were like, you know, this is all for you. We're only here for you. I was like, oh, yes. Hell yeah. Where's Dolores? She didn't die. Yeah, I'm not going to mess my end. And I'm like, I need to walk out with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, So we actually did that part on Staten Island, which was was great. Yeah. Which was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Like that film. I think that film, like, out of all the purges, like, I think, like, I don't know if they're going to do another one or not, but I think that one kind of has like this feeling of like it will be kind of like a cult classic. Mm-hmm. It just had something about the everybody Black called it the Black the Purge. Black Purge. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I call it the Black Purge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was actually good. Yeah, it was good. It was it was really I really enjoyed it. It was scary because yeah. I don't I don't watch scary movies. So I got a part in a scary movie, which was yeah. again hilarious to yeah. me. And I did I had to go and watch it, but I. I actually enjoyed it. I, I was like, "This is too. good." And you did your thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was just, good. Yeah. it was just crazy because you're thinking like, "This supposed this really happened?" I mean, we have, you know, who it's not in the facts. White House? Yeah, and it came out at a time where he was at one of his peaks of craziness. Yeah, and inciting, you know, emboldening racism and racists on, yeah. you know, good people on both sides. You know who that is, yeah. and um. <laughs> Everybody on set was like, are you prepared for the possible backlash? I'm like, yeah, well, a lot of our lives is backlash. Absolutely. Black people in America. It's all backlash. But, yeah, so it came out at a time and it spoke to this this, this Trumpian times of of nonsense and looks like the world is losing its mind and this thing comes to question. Could this actually happen or what if? No, the concept of it is is you can see it. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's little, like... There's little instances throughout a recent history, like where there's like mini purges. It's scary. Yeah, there I mean, are. Like the, uh, it, we don't hear about happened. a lot yeah. of them, but yeah. yeah, there's a lot. There's yeah. stuff going on in pockets Pock- yeah. all over the country, not just the deep south either. Absolutely, not at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's not far fetched. Um, manifest. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. <laughs> How can you forget about <laughs> because... the hit show? Manifest. Manifest. Yeah. yeah oh wow. Talk about manifest. Yeah. I, I, what do you want to know? I love it. Um. Another awesome opportunity. How did, how did manifest come about? How did manifest manifest? How did that manifest? <laughs> how did manifest manifest? Let's I, talk about manifest. I auditioned. I auditioned. Yeah, and killed uh, it. I, you know, it, it, I don't. I don't say. I don't use those words. But I had a good audition, mm-hmm. and I just I learned over the years to not obsess about something after I do it, especially auditions, mm-hmm. because when you think about the numbers of people who are up for this one role, mm-hmm. you're like, well, the odds of me actually getting it are so slim to none. Yeah. My mind has to go to the next one. You know, so I'm like, it was great. Good. Move on. Got the call back. Again, I see women, a couple of women, because there weren't very many, but a couple of women mm-hmm. in this call back again. Women I know. Some of, some of them I call friend, but yeah. your friend is still in this business, your competition. So mm-hmm. it's like all you can do at the end of the day is your best. And, and again, you're acting, but there's elements of you that should always come through in whatever you do, especially in this business. Yeah. You know, you spoke about being liked and likable and for people to be able to work with you no matter mm-hmm. how much talent you have. Yeah. Some people, you know, your personality needs to come through, especially if it's Absolutely. a good one. People yeah. speak to that. So um, I went in again. 
I think I did the same thing again. And I think elements of my comedy helped me out in auditions a lot. So I just was jokingly doing this, you know, flight attendant. I threw in a little joke here and there. And I thank God I booked it. And yeah. I watched Manifest because it reminded me of Lost a lot. That's what people say. I didn't watch Lost. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't watch myself. That's another thing. I don't watch it it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy because all I do is critique myself. You're amazing. I could have did that better. (laughs) Okay, look at my lip. Oh my hair's out of place. Oh, I should have walked that way. Oh, I should so I would do that, but you know, I I listen. Yeah. Certain things I have to watch because I still have to learn. I'll force myself. But yeah, that was one of my Gotcha. Most favorite experiences because it's network television. It's weekly. She's a character. And millions of people watching. Millions of people. And as, as corny as it sounds, mm-hmm. I was so happy to get on national network television mm-hmm. on a weekly show with my nappy hair. I was like, they are letting me on this plane with these dreadlocks. <laughs> and it was and it was such a moment for me. It sounds simple, but, yeah. you know, our, our hair is still a huge issue. It's just a thing. Yeah. And I'm tired of it. I'm like, yeah. I'm a woman. I, I, I it's it's my hair. It's my choice. Yeah. And, and women look like everything. It's 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But specifically for her to be a flight attendant. Yeah. And then I'd see pictures of flight attendants like, wow, we they, some airlines are, are okay with yeah. it. And it shouldn't up. be a thing. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a thing. And a friend of mine, another actress, she said when her daughter saw me on TV, her daughter has dreadlocks. She's mm-hmm. like seven. Mm-hmm. She wanted them. And she was like, mommy, I like it. Her hair is like mine. It sounds corny, but it yeah. was real to me. Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, it matters because you're still beautiful and you can do anything you want to as well. Yeah. So we're waiting to hear if the show is getting picked up for, for season, season two. two. We'll know in like a month. I think so. it will be. I hope so. Moga, now because you're on a, a national hit TV show, does uh, does your asking price go up when they want to book you to – <laughs> to do some stand-up a host. I know that price okay. went up. I, you know what? The thing about it is people expect it to, they expect craziness. Yeah. The price has gone up. It doesn't mean that people agree with the going up, but yeah. I haven't I haven't done anything astronomical, but yeah. it's like, yeah, my time is worth a little bit more now. Exactly. You know what I mean? But I still, I still undersell myself in comedy. I still, it's, yeah. it's bad because I recently did it. I was like, ah, I should have added a zero. But at the end of the day, again, I don't push through. Not to, I should always yeah. know my worth, but with regard to not being desperate for money in that area because mm-hmm. I'm on a TV show. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I know the promoter. He's my friend. I'll do it. Yeah. We're cool. <laughs> is is comedy more passion and acting is? Oh, acting's my passion and comedy's my love. I love comedy. Gotcha. I'll never. But my heart beats for for uh, I need to be on a Got set. It. Uh, we talked about, you know, in, in some capacity growing up, having been a PA and Absolutely. having done everything. We we need another hour, don't we? We need do, more time. We do need, <laughs> but this is part one, though, Mother. Oh, okay. okay. Mother, before we sign off, some advice that you would give to some young, up-and-coming, ambitious women that want to get into this business. Uh, make sure you want to do this for the right reasons. There are a lot of people who want to be famous just for the sake of being famous Mm -hmm. if your heart is not in this and if it's not you're not passionate about it it's not going to last because you'll get exactly what you want fame and attention for a short period of time uh always continue to hone your craft i don't care how wonderful you are i'm in a class right now 
because I always feel like there's something to learn and you yeah. can always get better and tweak. I'm learning mm-hmm. from one of the greats right now, Paul Calderon. Shout out to Paul Calderon. Shout out, Paul. Yeah. So, so always, always hone your craft. And again, like I said earlier, I would never tell anybody not to give up because life is hard and times are hard. Always go back. Take breaks. Keep your mind clear. Always physically get some type of exercise and eat as best as you can. Try not to be a junk food junkie. It sounds corny again, but our bodies and minds have to be in tune and healthy to deal with the rigors of not just the work, but the business. Absolutely. You know, and always create. Even if you write something up, up a line a day, create. Never Always be in create. Yeah. Never stay stagnant. Right. Yep. Mugga, where can the folks find you on social media if they want to reach out to you, if they want to collaborate, if they want to book you? Like, where can people reach out to you? Okay. Um, on Facebook, it's Mugga Phoenix, M U G G A P H O E N I X. And on Instagram, is it Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram, it's just Mugga, J U S T M U G G A. And that's all I have. I don't have Twitter. I don't have a bunch of other stuff. That's all I... you need. Facebook and Instagram. That's okay. it. No snap. You don't got no snap. None of that. No, see, that's, that's, no Twitter that's fingers. Of a different, a different generation. <laughs> I got forced into doing the two that I have. So gotcha. like, you have to have something. Gotcha. So. It's okay. um, but it's yeah, okay. yeah. It's so okay. please support and join. I know that following people is important these days. Absolutely. And it's like, it's a, it's a pain in the butt to me, but it's part of what the culture is now. Gotcha. Mugga, thank you so much. I appreciate you for coming out doing the show with me this is just part one we gotta do this again because there's a okay. lot of things coming up you know thank you and signing out intellectual property podcast dallas alexis and remember envision it create it share it but most likely make sure you're getting paid for it thank you peace